That's a little half seven up, half uh, pink lemonade I got there. Mm. Recording now? Delicious. Yeah. Oh, we're okay. recording. We're recording. <laughs> we were wetting our whistlers there. Oh, we were wetting the whistles. I didn't realize you'd gone hot. Hot. So, uh, welcome to Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Travis Tate. So, we're going to talk about it, Trav. We're going to talk, about, talk it. about it. Let's just let's just hit what we were already talking about, which right. was uh, Green Day came out with a new album this week. Yeah, how is it? I haven't I haven't heard a single peep from it. So here's the thing, Trav. Uh, I like punk rock music. All right. I I, I think I like punk rock music. <laughs> um, I checked out on Green Day somewhere around Warning. So okay. We, we were talking. About, we were getting our album straight with them because like right. Dookie was so like seminal and important for mm-hmm. a lot of my development of like enjoying punk rock music. And you know, I got into their their earlier albums from there. It kind of went from that was kind of grunge to our version of punk rock. Yeah, there was the late seventies, early eighties type yeah, of punk rock. I've I've honestly never been super great at like classic punk. I don't. Yeah. Don't hate it. It's just never. It's never quite caught me here. But I do have a great deal of respect for it. Yeah, because it kind of paved the way. It was. It was. It was a a uh, because of the times that they were in. They were a gateway is, drug is what caused that punk rock <laughs> yeah, and that anger. Yeah, I, I think that's where the, the respect comes is I haven't maybe necessarily always been like, you know, I'll listen to some dead Kennedys or like sex pistols a little bit, but there's a, there's a, uh, like there, there's a, a grossness. Grossness is maybe not right. It's, <laughs> it's not as cohesive as I necessarily like mm. to be. Did you know that Hot Topic is not punk rock? <laughs> Isn't it goth? <laughs> no, there was a song. There was oh, a song was like ten years ago. Hot Topic is oh, not punk rock. I don't know. Oh, okay. I thought that. I thought I we talked about it before. Were, I always thought they were goth. Yeah, a little bit. They're, I think they're whatever people <laughs> I mean, will now buy. They're just Funko Pop. They're they're corporate is what they are. Yeah. Let's be well, honest. That, yeah, that's what they Hot Topic are. is definitely corporate America. But uh Green Day's trajectory of like I said Dookie and then getting into Kerplunk and what is this? 1039 Smooth Out Slappy Hours. I you know, I enjoyed those albums and then Insomniac kind of came and went and was not entirely memorable, but it was like um, that was where I think I started to go, maybe, because yeah. I really loved Dookie. My favorite Green Day song is She. It's she, on Dookie. She, it's like a minute and a half long. She's something in silence. Yeah. It's just like the perfect I little song, and it's like a minute and a half long. I don't even I know what it's about, to be honest. Yeah, okay. I, I think it's about a sad girl, Yeah. if I remember correctly. But it just the if you even took the lyrics out. Just the sound of it is yeah. just perfect little I really like, punch in the um, mouth. It was on the Angus soundtrack. So it's yeah. Like that J, J-A-R. I remember Angus. Oh, it's, who who was it's in Angus? It, it's supposed to be something. Jason Aaron something, I think. is the No, it was. It was uh, oh, no, I'm just talking about that Green Day song. The, the But the old man, it was Patton. Uh, George C. Scott was in Angus. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. It was know one of his I last think. roles, I believe. I never really saw Angus. It strikes me as... As far as kind of teen misanthrope, like teenage rejects, Angus seems like a genuine movie. I remember watching like, it and liking it. You know, I don't remember much about it. Teenage movies about teenage rejects, they're like, oh, they took the glasses off and they were hot all along. Oh, that wasn't Angus. That I wasn't don't, Angus. No, I don't think that was... It wasn't She's All Angus. She's All Angus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, there was, there's a Green Day song on that that I really like. 
But like uh, Insomniac, I don't remember much. Nimrod, I remember liking okay, but um, it's not Time of Your Life. I forget what the what the real title is, but Time of Your Life was was on the that album. Which so you were talking about how in your mind. Um, uh, Green Day and Weezer lineup, right? Yeah, for some, they came out in a, like almost at the same time of my life. It seemed like almost the same day. I'm not. I know that's not true, but it's almost like when I look back on it, it's like it happened all in a moment. Like boom, there was Green Day, there was Weezer. It was right about. It was a. I don't know a year after you know Kurt Cobain had had died and grunge was starting to to fade a little bit. You still had a few like sound gardens was still going and things like that. But all of a sudden there was this new kind of alty punky. I mean, Weezer wasn't punk at all, but it kind of hit at the same time. Yeah. So in my mind, I line up uh, Green Day and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. In that Green Day had good riddance and the Chili Peppers had Under the Bridge that in and of themselves were not bad songs. Right. But they overplayed they went, they went so meteorically successful based on this song that wasn't what i would exactly call reflective of the their overall pastiche because i mean they play they play both of those songs by the way on like your light fm 100 Did stations they? right now yeah well i'm like i said i'm just thinking in terms of when i think of the red hot chili peppers there's a lot of like you know kind of funk punk type stuff <laughs> i was i was driving with my parents recently and uh, pour some sugar on me by Def, Def Leppard came on, and <laughs> that makes they were. Feel. It was on the oldie station, and they're just kind of not even paying attention to it. And I said, "Hey, do you guys realize the oldie station that you're listening to is playing the music that you used to tell me was devil music when I was a kid?" Yeah. <laughs> Everything ends up being not as scary as right. Not. Yeah, everybody makes such a big deal out of things. At the first, and then you get used to it, and you go, "Oh!" But we don't pay attention to the things we might have overreacted. <laughs> we don't pay. We don't end up paying attention to the real problems. We just pick a very easy to be indignant against problem. Oh like, yeah, hundred like percent. Well, I guess I'll finish my thoughts on that. Green Day had good riddance, and kind of from there, they they stopped being particularly punky to me. Yeah, and then like American Idiot came along, and. In my mind, they morphed into more of an arena rock kind of band, mm-hmm. like a, a more poppy arena rock kind of band, like um, like Fallout Boy kind of. So that that gets me to Green Day's new album is called Father of All dot dot dot. Although on the cover you can see it's obviously saying Father of All MFs, hmm. but there is a a crudely drawn uh, unicorn puking all over the word Mother F, <laughs> and also the parental advisory is placed in a way that obscures that, which is, again, uh, I was talking to you about, like, oh, I didn't know we still did the parental advisory. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I guess the way we rate movies, I guess we may as well rate albums, but I think that the parental advisor, advisory is to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it doesn't mean anything. I think it's just the thing that's there now. <clears throat> it, it, like, kids today just know that it's there. Like, we were actually around when it became a thing and when there was a huge controversy about it. Now it's just kind of a guideline. Well, here's, here's the really weird thing is kids are downloading their music or streaming it anyway. Their parents don't even know what they're listening to, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I feel like the <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like the parental advisory is on this album strictly to be like, check it out, guys. We said the MF, but yeah, it, I know what. Like my kids are older now, and they'll listen to a song that's you know it's got the F word in it, and I just like to pull a Steve Rogers and go language. <laughs> So uh, I did listen to, I tried listening to it, because I haven't listened to a Green Day album with any aplomb since probably Nimrod, really, mm-hmm. or, or maybe or maybe Warning. And even, even during Warning, they were still, it's like I said, I could feel the turn coming. So I started listening to Green Day, and I was like, oh, Green Day was not meant to make it out of the 90s. <laughs> the expiration date on Green Day is like, the, it, it was almost, for me, almost like unrecognizable. I think Green Day, honestly, and I'm, trust me, I am not like the punk expert or anything. I enjoy punk music when I hear it. I don't know much about it. I'm a fan. I'm not an expert. But it kind of seems like Green Day is like to punk music what Aerosmith is to rock and roll. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I guess you're right. yeah, they're popular and they sell a lot of stuff, but are they like the best are they the most influential they're just kind of the one that people remember they're they're not super cutting edge they never were people just know who they are so well, you, I mean, you you say punk music american people idiot think is, green day american they made a stupid damn musical out of american idiot and american idiot is thought of as a highly political album i don't know like i said at that point so i brought up fallout boy and the reason i brought that up is there there's a song on this this new album that uh, maybe the one of, if not the most despised song despised songs in the Jake universe is Uma Thurman by Fall Out Boy. <laughs> I, I, get, I get physically angry when that song comes on. As a fan of Uma so Thurman, I agree. The I, person, not the song. I I really and and part of it is. They put the damn monsters. The monsters, in it, yeah. It has the monsters song? I it works fine in its context. It is not a jam. That should just be their new thing now. They should have the Andy Griffith song in there. Yeah. They should just work in Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> Every it theme just, song. It sticks out like a. I, I, it just sounds. It sounds <laughs> so old. <laughs> Yeah, so they have Fall a song. Out. Boy, really, really sucks. The, <laughs> I think it's uh, Stabbed in the Heart or something like that. What is it? Yeah, Stab You in the Heart. It's like a doo-wop song, I think. Uh-huh. So I just, it. like I said, I, I jumped in thinking, okay, it, it's been like four or five albums since I've even tried this. What is Green Day? And I put it in my ears. I go, oh, this is like Poppy Arena Rock mm-hmm. by, by Green Day. Right. So I don't know. I I don't know. It's it's maybe an age old question about music in general. Is you find a band you like? So I guess I'll ask this about you, Travis. You find a band you like. They have like two albums that you like. A new mm-hmm. album comes out. Do you want them to keep being that band, or do you want them to try new stuff and try to? I think when you're young, you want them to do the same thing. Because, well, there maybe there's two types of people. Maybe I was like this when I was young, and now that I'm older, like I wanted everything Pearl Jam did to sound like Pearl Jam. I wanted everything U2 did to sound like U2. Did you ever bail on Pearl Jam or do you still listen um, to all I still listen stuff? to it. I'm not like as, I'm not as 
into music as I used to. I'm very casual with my music listening now, but I used to, I was the kid that could tell like one note into a song, what song it was. I knew the title of every song. I knew the members of the band. I knew the record, all that stuff. Now I just kind of, it's very just kind of floating around in the ether around me. I'm not as uh, devout. You might say as I used to be with it. But now I kind of like I like the new Pearl Jam stuff because it doesn't sound like the '90s. It's not even flow. What's the you know? <laughs> what's the last Pearl Jam? Because I'm thinking I'm so I'm looking at this and probably where I bailed was Vital Vit, Vitality. Vitology. Vitology is probably where I bailed, and that was in '94. Yeah, so I remember since that then one. You've got let's see one that one had better man can find a better man. Thinking seven albums since then, and they're about to come out with a new one. So, <laughs> I, I guess I should check in and see what the hell is Pearl Jam now. Pearl Jam has grown up, and it's stuff. It's everything sounds different, to be honest with you. Like I, I love I like my favorite band is Faith No More, and most people when you talk about them, like, oh the the fish flopping with the kind of bad white boy rap part mm-hmm. of the song, and I'm like, yeah the. Um, from out, or it's not from out. Or the real thing, that album, I, I like that album a lot. But that album is very, is very sing, has a very singular vision. That that album is more of a kind of just a metal, kind of guitar album, right? Um, which is fine. I I like that album. Jim B. Martin, their guitarist, exceptionally good guitarist. For you know, wh- he worked on that album and the album after. The album after Angel Dust is much more experimental, and it. I'll always remember that being an album that I listened to and immediately I was like, this is, this is not the band. This is not who I signed up for. This is, this is weird. This is different. All these songs, none of these songs sound, not only do they not sound like the album previous, each one of these songs individually sounds different from the other. And some people want that in a band and some people want it. Some people want the Ramones. Like, and I'm not knocking the Ramones. (laughs) I I love the Ramones just as much as anybody else. But every song you you hear it and you're like, this is the Ramones before they yeah. even say a word. I And that's fine. Bad religion is they like, owned it. Bad religion is like top five for me. They have they have like a maybe ten song deep, like all their all their songs of like their twenty some odd albums. There's about ten songs that are all gonna sound a little like one of those songs. U two's like that too. They've done some things that are a little bit different, but in the heart of it, you can kind of tell you can tell when the when the edge is doing a solo or something like that. There's a certain just kind of twang to the to the way that he plays the guitar or even Weezer. Weezer does a lot of different styles of songs, but you can kind of tell the DNA like I'm like, "Oh, I think this is a Weezer song." And then you hear it and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's that's Weezer." Hmm. I guess it's like um as with Faith No More, there was, you know, the real thing. There's some previous albums with a different lead singer that were a little more kind of punkish or, you know, just just alt rockish, mm-hmm. but then, like I said, the real thing very much just a butt metal album for the most <laughs> part. Uh, but then everything since then has been more of the just each one's a little experimental. They mess with stuff, and that I appreciate. They like it coming around to being like uh, Angel Dust being one of my favorite albums of like from coming from I don't like this. This is different to like oh this is different. It's good. This is teaching me new things. So then I, or. or Conversely, a band like Bad, Bad when Bad Religion makes a song that's not very Bad Religion, I'm kind of like, oh, dude, come on, guys, you- right? 
But you can't you can't get mad for them to try something different either. No, I don't get mad at it. It just kind of it's just like I appreciate I appreciate them for basically being like uh, I've been. See, think about Last Kiss by Pearl Jam. I mean, that's been what, like at yeah. least ten years now. But that was so different because that was almost like a well, that was a cover. Wasn't it was it? yeah, but it was it was sounded like a fifty song. It's not like yeah. they made it sound like a Pearl Jam song. They made it sound like a fifty song, <laughs> and it was a huge hit for them. And it was definitely like. It was definitely a stretch for them to try that, but it worked out. So sometimes it works out for bands, sometimes it doesn't. Even uh, even tonally, like I listened to a lot of Bad Religion this week, and I visited one of the their albums that I end up not really liking is called The New America. And I think the reason I don't like it, it is like an upbeat and almost optimistic album, and that's not that is not the Bad Religion. <laughs> I want them to be mad. I want them to be denouncing injustice. And like New America isn't that whole cloth but like there's songs that are about hope and stuff i'm like guys guys what are we even doing here i think music is a thing where or maybe they're not that i'm just miss i mean just interpreting yeah i think music is a thing where we're always looking for for the new hot fresh thing and sometimes we forget about like did you know the pet shop boys are still putting out new music it wouldn't have occurred to me to look they are uh erasure they're still putting out music all these bands that I, I really, and I, what I'm saying here is I'm guilty of it because I, I super, I still listen to a lot of like new wave music. I don't listen to any of their new stuff. They're all putting new stuff out, I but try. I'm super guilty of it. Cause I, I don't go search it out and it's probably really good. I, I try to, if it's a band I love, I try to like, and, and that can be hard. That can yeah. be hard unless I'm following them album by album. Like when I check in and find out, like I, a couple of years back, I looked at like, oh my God, Jesus Jones made an album in like 2012 or something. I'm like, I got to see this. I, I put it in my ears like, the second coming, you Jesus Jones. Yeah. <laughs> three, right three here, days, right now, huh? Rolled away the stone and there was another album. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it, I did not care for it. You bear witness that it was a but, false you know, every, god. Every once in a while, like uh, I hadn't listened to, I hadn't really checked in on Beck for a while. And then I checked his new album. I was like, wow. Well, I like this. Beck is a really good example of somebody who tries different things. Mm-hmm. Like if you got into Beck with Loser, what everything else he did after that was so different. Yeah, you can go talk to Radiohead about Creep and see if they'll if they'll uh, yell at you. Or not. Yeah, I think we just it's when you're diehard into music, you're always looking for for something that's that was hidden. You know, you want to turn over a stone and find this. Oh yeah, this just gem that nobody oh. knew was there as so as a person like ever look everybody likes music right for me but it's easy to get stuck in that top 40 mindset because that's what that's what the do. musical complex wants to give us so unless you want to do the searching it's easy just to go well this is music now i do love my music comfort food but man it, nothing beats the feeling of you know like i try to listen to my spotify discover weekly weekly but man nothing beats a, a thing where like i i hear a song I'm like oh this is interesting and then i listen i'm like wow i really like like just yeah it right lights you up inside trav like i'll give you an example drive that the movie drive yes it's what 10 years ago i'd never seen it i finally saw it there's some really cool songs on there mm-hmm. that i never knew existed and now they're soundtrack. now they're in my phone and i can listen to them yeah. while i'm driving myself yes Following the speed limits following because speed I limit. am no well, I am no 
getaway driver. I mean, except for there's like what three minutes of a day that they have you where all <laughs> all you drink a white claw and there's suddenly no laws anymore. <laughs> so was white claw around when they had drive? No, oh, no okay. white claw has been. That's a pretty new, isn't it? Year maybe two year phenomenon. Yeah, just kind of. I remember all of a sudden I started seeing commercials on TV for something called white claw. So we had a good talk about this. I just want to make sure in the end. We both agree on the most important thing. What is that? Uma Thurman by Fall Out Boy is the, maybe the worst song in the universe. It's pretty bad. There's got to be worse songs than it's that. It's so popular and it's so bad. No, I remember this song from the from the 90s and I don't remember who like did it. Green Jello's Little Pig, Three Little Pig song, better than Fall Out Boy's <laughs> Uma Thurman. I always hear this song when I go to she the grocery store. She Crazy by Fine Young Cannibals better than Fall Out I Boy's actually like that Uma song. Thurman. I remember we had a we had a, a Muppets cassette tape and it would have previews for other Muppets things. And there was one that had the Muppets doing music videos. Uh, it was basically their version of popular music videos. And one of them was the fine young cannibals. She drives <laughs> and it's Kermit the Frog going, she drives me crazy. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so I always remember that. Rendition. I always remember that. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to come up with a song that, that I hate more than Fall Out Boy. I'm trying to remember who sings this song. It's like uh, I can't remember, but it's uh, whatever I said, whatever I did, oh, yeah, I, I didn't know. mean it. Oh, I hated that song so I much. I think I could. It's from. It's from. When we were in high school. I think a lot of times there are songs that I don't like, but I can easily kind of push them to the background. I'm going to search for it on my phone that, right uh, now. It's the Munsters. It's the Munsters part that I can't ignore. <laughs> Maybe I just hate the Munsters. I like the Munsters. I just don't like how they use it in there. I didn't watch a lot of Munsters, so I don't really know. It's fine. I mean, I wouldn't like buy them all. It's a TV classic. Grandpa Munster. Come on. <laughs> okay, I think I, saw, I think I found it. Did you? I, let me see. Who, keep talking. Keep talking. Who, who perpetrated this crime? Travis. Maybe maybe I didn't find it. No? Oh. Travis, we'll move along then. We'll go from... I'm still looking. I'm, st- I'm we'll not giving from, up on this terrible song. You know what? We'll go from things that didn't work out to... I think I found the guy's name. Oh? That was a guy? Glenn Medeiros? Glenn Medeiros? I don't know. Maybe that's not the guy. Oh. You got me. Anyway, let's move on. Glenn Fry. Maybe that was a different crappy person that I didn't like. (laughs) So I watched Academy Award winner Parasite yesterday. And? So now that we kind of discussed it, I remember that I've seen the trailer for it. Yeah. I think I saw it when I was in L.A. This, so the the movie is not old. And also it, it comes from, it's a Korean movie, so... Probably not. Not a lot of people have seen it. You know the good news. What's the good since news? it won the Academy Award? There's no need for Hollywood to do a remake of it. It's you, not going to be any. It's not going to be better okay, than so, the best movie of the year. So, have you seen the preview for the the movie uh, the the Avalanche Snow movie with what's his the face? Avalanche Snow movie? The Avalanche Snow movie, Travis. <sighs> no, I don't think so. It's got Julie Louis Dreyfus in it and. Uh, you know, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, I have not seen it. Cl- oh. Will Ferrell? Yeah, Will Ferrell. God, I, Will Ferrell's one of those names I always trip on. I shouldn't know. No, I haven't seen this. So the premise being is there's the a family goes on vacation in the Alps or whatever. It's ski, ski place. 
and the the husband and the wife are kind of on a you know on the rocks but trying to work it out well one day while they're there a controlled avalanche starts happening and they're watching the avalanche come toward them and it's starting to get close and the dad hops up and runs okay and gr- grabs his phone on the way out but hops up and will Ferrell <clears throat> hops up and books is this a recent the, movie the aval it's not out yet oh okay the avalanche stops before it hits them so now the family's living with this thing of when the cards are down dad dad booked he didn't try and save any of us he booked <laughs> and at least in this one is this a seen- serious movie because it i mean Travis, Julia Louis Dreyfus and Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's yeah, it's a com- I mean, it's a comedy. Okay, with with maybe a bit of an edge. The point being is it's it's a remake of a foreign film. I don't really know what the foreign oh, film is. I just remember like okay. five years ago hearing people talk about it because that premise is somewhat unique. Hmm. I guess considering that Parasite won the uh, Academy Award, it's going to be pretty pretty hard to slip that one under the radar. Before you get into Parasite, I found it. I don't it's know from it's from a it. band called Take That. <laughs> well, I mean, they tried to warn you. It's called Back for Good. It's the worst song ever. I'm going to play it. I don't care. I don't care if we get in trouble for it. You won't let me say the F word, but you're going to play licensed music on the show. Is that what I'm hearing? Just imagine you're walking through the grocery store trying to find so, I mean, honestly, a ripe cantaloupe. Honestly, so far, this this song's not killing me. This is the worst song that's ever been made. Like I don't like this song, but I'm this not is mad worse at than it. Uma Thurman. No, I, I yeah, it is. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman develops rage in this song. Uma Thurman. Just wait till they get to the me. chorus. I know what the chorus is. Oh, you know the song? Yeah, it's a terrible whatever song. I say, whatever. Yeah, like it's, I hate it. It's not. It's not a good song, Trav. It's not <laughs> a good song. I'm not. I'm not trying to tell you it's good. I'm just trying to tell you like hey, this. Here can, it comes. Here I can it comes. decide to not care about this song easily. Whatever I said. Whatever the I did. The chorus made me I'm burp gonna in kill my mouth. you. So bad. It's it makes a, me mad it's so bad. Dude, it's not a good song. And they I, think they're the Backstreet Boys. That's the even worse part. <laughs> they're wearing fur coats in the rain in the video. In the rain. Who wears fur coats in the rain? All right, to Parasite. <laughs> Let's talk about something that'll cheer me up. Parasite. Uh, so I was going to say, talking about it is is a little difficult because I knew I knew a little bit about it. Okay. And even at that, kind Question. of what happened. Okay. Do you remember the host? Did you see the host? I did not see the host. Oh, okay. The host is really good. That was also like a, a Korean movie, movie, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it was really I've good. I've always had a rocky relationship. It was around the well. It was around the time as I call Cloverfield. It my rocky horror. It's a monster horror movie. Does that change it? It's like a big giant monster that like lives in a, a, a river type movie. Yeah. It's it's like more like a kaiju, but a kaiju that's hunting people. Since so uh, it's almost like alien a little like bit predator like a big predator bigger than that more like more like a, a small Godzilla or a big uh, xenomorph put them together and what have you got a bibbity bobbity what about a host what about a, a medium Pacific Rim <laughs> yeah yeah just just like a little Pacific Rim job there just a little one just a just the tip just a touch so uh, just to let you know you're there my whole deal is like. Part of the enjoy- I really think part of the enjoyment of this movie because it's it's fairly unique. It's it's a premise that I 
you, you, you could at least say you don't see often, if not like you, you don't really see this kind of because you, you also the the director what is it? I'm going to look at it so I don't be a, a dumbass, even though I should know it. It was actually a cool name. I don't remember how to say it, but I remember I was like, that's a cool name. Uh, Bung Joon Ho, Bung Joon Ho. Yeah, yeah. So he he also directed Snowpiercer. Okay, I never did see that one, but I like Snowpiercer. My son has seen it, and he, he's like, "You got to watch it." It's so Snowpiercer good. is a fun. It's a little over the top. It's an interesting, unique premise. It also, if you think much about the realism of it, it it kind of falls apart. Do you know the <laughs> premise of Snowpiercer? Uh, they're on a train, and there's a, like there's frozen, a murder on the train. It's it's like Frozen Earth, and there is a train the the last train with that, the like, last just vessel of humanity. Yeah, that just basically goes around the world trying to stay ahead of the the cold. Like it's a, it's all frozen, but like they stay just a little bit ahead of the worst part of the cold seasonally. Okay. All right. So it's just going around the earth. And there's sort there's just sort of a case system of the rich people up front and it, the farther back you go, the more impoverished it becomes. Right. And it's about like the poorest people in the back having a revolution getting to the front. It's good for them. It's a it's an interesting, fun movie that is kind of, is is hokey and dumb. I bet all the people in the middle are paying all the taxes. That's what I bet. But look, I got I'll tell you what, at least it goes for it like Right. You know. All right. Yeah. So, Parasite, so he's a good director. Parasite along that lines is, I will say, it's kind of low-key a movie about poverty, about about the disparity between the poverty, the poor and the wealthy. There's a lot of themes about... If I remember from the trailer, the family is fairly like rich, right? Yeah. Okay, but the kid... So there's a kid that comes to tutor the rich kid, and that kid comes from a very... Poverty, impoverished. impoverished yeah. And I don't think this this doesn't. I don't think this spoils much going into it. Is basically it's a family of con artists. No, ah, because you said right. that you even were telling me basically the premise of the trailer, and that was like, yeah, it's it's telling you this is a family of con artists inserting themselves into this household. So you, oh, okay. But but there's also there are a lot of other things, but it's an overall theme of <clears throat> there's just an overall theme of this family of con artists is doing bad things mm. but you're also realizing that they're they're doing things out of they're doing things to survive this family who is rich doesn't just doesn't have to worry about things because mm-hmm. they're rich okay i don't want you to spoil it if it's not a if it's a spoiler but is there actually a parasite or are they just bad people is there like a extraterrestrially uh monstery force going on or are they or is it just a like a a thriller it's a thriller okay i don't think i don't have you have you ever seen a movie where part of the fun is is there a supernatural thing or is there just really nothing going yeah on? yeah i can't think of one but i have i i know there's one that i've heard talked about but i can't think of it right away but so yeah. the whole movie you're trying to figure out if there's something controlling them no, or something no no, there, okay. there's no point in the movie where uh, there there wasn't a point in the movie where I felt like even the hint of like is there something super is is there a ghost pirate? Gosh. No, that never that never crossed my mind. I will say so I feel perfectly good that it won best picture. Okay. I get I get I get hinky over the concept of uh 
of of ranking things. Once a piece of media like music or TV or film reaches a certain height of how good it is, I start to get with like, I can't I can't rank these anymore. These are all kind of a gelled form of amazing. Right. No, I get it. Uh, I told you how much I loved Midsummer. Midsummer easily should have been there. Hmm. You know. Uh, okay. But like this movie, at the very least, at least it's unique. Maybe that's what made it step you know, above everything else. It was like, different. Like like say, and these are movies I haven't seen. Like nineteen seventeen. It's another war movie. What are they? What what new what new thing are they going to? This tell one's you about World War One instead of World War Two. Most is, of them are World War like Two. This is like with video games where uh, you know they'll say, "Oh no, this is a World War One game." Like, oh, so you mean the guns work worse? Basically, yeah. You know, I you didn't see 1917, did you? No, I haven't seen it. I we've discussed it. I don't really. I just don't really like. War I really, movies. really want to see it. Yeah. I just haven't well, gone around to it. Maybe you can tell. Maybe maybe you can come back and report if there's something that that makes it rise above or is is a more unique take. I know it's supposed to be I know it wasn't actually filmed in one shot, but it's supposed to look like one shot all I the think, way through the movie. I think once Birdman kind of did its thing, like I can be Harvey can, Birdman? Yes. I know Attorney I know. Law. <laughs> uh no, I'm talking I can't remember I can't remember what the long title of Birdman is anymore. Do you? I don't know if I ever knew it. <laughs> the subtle be... art of being a piss pot jazz man or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. So, like, once Bird... Because single, single take shots happen here and there. Mm-hmm. Birdman was the one that got the most kind of... Uh, but that was all, like, in one building, wasn't it? For most, Birdman? for mostly? Wasn't it know. in a theater? I never saw I it. I don't know. I haven't seen Birdman either. But I know 1917 I is, like... With takes place outside. I did see a side by side of all the effects stuff in 1917 and that stuff fascinates me but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make a best movie. Right. So like or like uh season 1 of True Detective they have a really amazing like single take shot of uh of uh, all right all right all right going through like a McConaughey McConaughey going through like a big like gang war fight kind of thing. Hmm. That's really neat. But yeah, like you can't give an award because someone did the single take. Right. What are you What are you doing? Here? Yeah. But so you liked Parasite. Joker, for what it is and isn't, you're telling the Joker origin. I mean, it's... Kind of. It's, it's a joke at this point. Have of, you seen it yet? No. I, oh, you still haven't seen no, it? No, I still haven't seen it. But it's also kind of a joke of... I don't think it should have been Best Picture. Or so I'm, We got like what? Like, have we got five Jokers at this point? So <laughs> We've got a few. You know, and uh, I can't remember quite what else was up there with it. Uh, was Jojo Rabbit up for Best Picture? Jojo Rabbit was there. Like, uh, the like Irishman. Jojo. The Irishman. Look. I think I know, Ford versus Ferrari. I know, Ford versus Ferrari I didn't see. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm going to see it soon. I liked Jojo Rabbit, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to call Jojo Rabbit Best Picture material. I don't know. Sometimes it's hard. I'm not. I'm also not good right. at this. I also think it's just... <clears throat> kind of hogwash and pomp and circumstance. Yeah. And it's it's rich people patting each other on the back. The the Irishman for me is like I mean I watched all the Irishmen and it didn't it didn't do much for it's like Scorsese made a film about like about a, like a American crime. Here's it, 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 having your favorite thing is so subjective. Like if the American public could vote on the Oscars, I think Venom would have gotten like 6% of the vote. 
That just tells you, you know. Oh, and I, don't get me wrong. When they when they were talking for a while about having like a category for most popular or right. even when Black Panther gets in there, like I, I love Black Panther. It's not really what I, I guess when Black I try Panther, think of, while important, was not like amazing. It made billions of dollars. I think that was the Academy Award that it got to go away. Yeah, with. yeah. Black Panther doesn't need anyone to really support it much. Right. Which is again, awards are stupid. Something Let's like just be something like Parasite. It's unique. It's a singular vision. It's doesn't it, it doesn't feel tainted by any sort of like studio or like it doesn't feel like a movie that it was Oscar bait. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a movie. They're like, dude, if we I'll bet you if we make a movie about a guy with AIDS, we're going to get an Oscar. Or right. Something like that. Or about the Holocaust. We're going to get a Oscar. It was. Some guy found a really cool story and said, I'm going to do a really good job making this movie. And in so Korea. In Korea. Yeah. You know, and that opens things up to a lot of talk now. I don't know. Do you have trouble with subtitles? No. No, I, I don't. I have some amount of hearing loss. So I, most things I watch, I, it's a twofer. Trav, it's a twofer. Are you ready for a, for a Jake Dahl twofer? Let's get those twofers. It is a mixture of A, I do have some amount of hearing loss, and B, I don't have a sound bar. Mm. So I have that issue with TVs where if I'm turning it up to where I can hear the volume, I can hear the dialogue, The whenever the score comes in, it's not too only loud. going, it's not only going yeah. to be too loud, but it's going to vibrate the back of the TV. Uh, or... I can turn it down where the music is at a reasonable volume, but some of the dialogue, I just don't quite catch all of it. There are members of my family in my house that perpetually have uh, the uh, closed captioning on. Yeah, that's what I, that's basically what I so do. It, I'm just so I'm just so headphones. used to it, and when, when I have to read it, that's fine. So a lot of people still complain about having to do subtitles, and it it's doesn't... If it was like the Transformers and I had to read <clears> it... I. I wouldn't be able to keep up with what's going on because yeah. there's so much metal grinding. If it's a, but if, if it's, it's a slow thriller, then it probably isn't much of an issue. Yeah. If it's a live action movie, I would probably prefer to have the subtitles just because, uh, oh, excuse me. Oh, boy. I'm a real, real, real I'm a little gassy today. A little gassy. Little gassy. Mm, but gassy. if it's live action. I don't know who that I, guy is. If it's live action, I want them sweet, sweet lips to match up. And also mm-hmm. like, Performative wise, because the people that are in that are in Parasite also really good performances, mm-hmm. really good performances. But if it's something animated, like an anime, perhaps most of the time I'm going to go for a sub or a dub, just because I'd prefer to watch the animation. Right. And yeah. If it's something that you need to visually pay attention to, subtitles are problematic. But you got to pay attention, Trav. Sometimes those, sometimes those subtitles, sometimes the performances in the foreign language really come through. Yeah. It's not all the time, but it happens. It does. All that's what, that's what I hear. Trav, basically what I'm saying, Trav, is ch- anybody who can't check out Parasite, it's really good. Parasite. More like para-Oscars. Yeah. Am oh, I right? Boy. Am I right? Did you see the pictures of, pictures of that dude making his Oscars kiss? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Jun-ho, Bong Jun-ho. Oh, really? They, he, he had two of, the, two of the Oscars. <laughs> he was holding them, making them kiss. Did you see the gif of uh, Taika Waititi hiding his Oscar underneath of the seat in front of him? No. Yeah, there's there's a gif. You can look it up. It's like he's he's like, what do I do with this? Because he won it very, like one of the first... Oscars oh, yeah? given out was him, well, and I guess he didn't doing things like that. I think it was he, he it was, tucked it 
he put it head first under the seat in front of him so that he didn't have to hold it, I guess. <laughs> well, I saw, I don't know if it was Oscars or another award show. I think, I think it was for writing like a script thing. He was in with a couple of other writers and before the show, he had tried to get them to all do the joke thing, but none of them would. So it's going through all these nominations and then it comes to Taika Waititi and he's pretending to be asleep. <laughs> and then you cut, everyone starts Everyone starts like clapping, like his date nudges me. Oh, 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 oh. Did you happen to clapping. see the acceptance speech for Hell? Parasite? Oh, no, 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 I didn't see that. I thought okay. you were going to say another acceptance speech. I, I, no, to talk about. I saw it on a TV. Uh, the sound was off, so I couldn't tell what they were saying. I don't speak Korean anyway, assuming that's what they were speaking. I don't know. But there was a guy standing in the back, and his eyes were as big as a human can get their eyes, and he's just looking around. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's how everybody would be in that situation. So anybody he, with a soul. I didn't watch it. I don't know if he was doing it for was, laughs. If he was, was he it speaking, made me laugh. Was he speaking Korean? I don't know. Was he just... The Win- sound was off. Was he just Winona Ryder? No, this was a guy standing behind the, the director, Boone. That's what I'm saying. Was he, was he Winona Ridering? Perhaps. He, yeah, he was just... His eyes were huge and he was smiling and he's looking all around. Maybe it was just, just so funny. High. May, it could be. It could be. But I, was, I told my wife, I was like, that's going to be a gif. That guy right there is going to be a gif for like, this is really awesome. You know, so are you going to look for look for the gif? So speaking of uh, Cracker Jack acceptance speech, you're talking about the Adam Sandler one. Yes, I did see that that one. one, Yeah, Adam Sandler. Yes, thank you very much for this award. No, that was it was a good it was a good well, acceptance speech. I it also it was really funny. It was really funny, he, and he, he dunked on the Sa- Safety brothers. He dunked on everybody, later. including but, himself. And but I it did was like funny. like he played everything was and everybody who lost to Adam freaking Sandler. And the <laughs> but then he did slow down, and he actually did give a right, very earnest right. speech. It, and he had a he had a mustache. <laughs> Maybe it's so, for a role. Yeah, he's gonna. Maybe he's they're gonna, doing a sequel to that one he did with Jennifer Aniston for Netflix. Oh no, I was gonna say he, he, probably that's more likely. I'll bet that did really well. I, I was thought it was say, fun. I was gonna say since he died in the new Mission Impossible, he's gonna take over for the Henry Cavill role. <laughs> Why not? Bring him on in. Bring him on in. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun expe- acceptance speech. Though. And that he's gonna be in uh, Uncut Gems too. Uncuts back, Jack, and then. Uh, <laughs> They're going to have to CGI out the uh, mustache. (laughs) Travis, we don't know whether or not he dies at the end. I've I've seen enough tweets about how he dies at the end. He gets murdered. Travis. You know what? It it was spoiled for me, and now it's spoiled for everybody else. It used to be unsoiled unspoiled gems. Well, guess what? It's been out for a couple months. Yeah. It's a good movie. But it's another one. It's kind of like, I mean, Parasite's been out for a while. Some of it is, like, Uncut Gems was not the most well-known during its run. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, I I maybe witnessed it. I think there were a lot of people who just saw Adam Sandler had a movie and went in and go like, Could oh, you it's imagine one of these ones. I wonder if this is like the Zohan. Is this like the Zohan? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my I, gosh. This is not, not Waterboy. I can't possibly know. I just know that the couple sitting next to me got up and left halfway <laughs> through the movie. When's he going to do the funny voice? Yeah. Well, whoopity yeah. do. Where's Rob Schneider at? <laughs> I know where he is. <laughs> I'll bet he, I will. He's bet putting he a do. dent in my car. <laughs> so yeah, just. I like wish I that said, wasn't a joke. He put like, a dent in I, my car. I really, mm-hmm. I really quite like. Man, I've got to see some real Cracker Jacks lately. What yeah. Was that in Midsummer and. 
I just saw a movie today, right before I came here. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, I've been interested to hear your your overall take here. I went and saw Birds of Prey at the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Is that I, the right title? I read a thing that they are that they're just going to dial it back to like uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. That like I think what I read was the studio isn't doing that. The movie theaters are doing that because it's too much. Weird. But I really like the movie. It was a lot of fun. It's it's not as there's a lot of people saying it's dark. I don't think it was dark at all. Like huh. especially compared to seeing the Joker a few months ago. Well, this was yeah. like basically a comedy. There was a lot of lighthearted, just graphic violence in it. Well, that's and maybe that's what I'm saying is some Joe Theismann violence. If you it, know what I'm talking about, it feels like broken uh, legs. I mean, it feels very much like that because it's a sequel to uh, Suicide Squad. It's not. I guess I don't know. It references Suicide Squad. Was Suicide Squad particularly graphic? No, it was PG-13. This is rated R. Is is Jared Leto in it? Just you see the back of his head, I think, at one point. So Jared Leto. It shows some flashbacks to her uh, origin story in case somebody hadn't seen it. Here's one thing I did like about it a lot. The origin stories for all of the people in this movie take a minute, maybe a minute and a half each. Yeah, it doesn't take up the first half of the which movie, which is weird because generally you get mad about those lengthy origin movies in like something like Batman, where it's like not only do we, not only do we know, like going into the first Batman movie, we all knew the origin story, but right, at this point, exactly. Like, no more Spider Man too. Like, luckily with the the new Spider Man movies, they didn't do that. Unfortunately, with the new Spider Man movies, they kind of. Got rid of Uncle Ben all the way. Altogether? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Tony Stark is the Uncle Ben. Which, you know, <laughs> a little bit. Depending on who you are, you can have a problem with that or not. But this is a lot of fun. It's violent. Uh, there is like a, a, a hinge of uh, anti-male in it, which they probably figured, well, we're going to get accused of doing it, so why don't we just do it? And I thought it was hilarious, to be honest with you, the way they did it. Well, freaking Zaz is in it? Yeah. The, the only thing that bothered me about it is Victor Zaz has hair. I I always think Z- Victor Zaz is supposed to be bald. But anyway, a lot of graphic violence. There's The soundtrack is really good. Um, there's kind of animation in it that happens. Like, names will pop up. Huh. Uh, there, he gives backstories to... Like Baby Driver. A little bit, yeah. And like if somebody was is trying, was it like that in Baby Driver? The whole movie, incorrectly. The whole movie, no matter where she goes, somebody's trying to kill her because she has broken up with the Joker. They say that in the trailer. It's not a spoiler. Was it, is the premise? Is the premise like no one dared to mess with? Like she'd wronged so many people. And oh no yeah, one dared to mess yeah. with her while she was yeah. the Joker. And now that she's not, like it's. And she kind of gets drunk one night and basically makes it known to everybody that she's not with the Joker anymore. And then the very next day, everyone's trying to get Does her. she refer the to cops, him as Mr. J? Yeah. Yeah. They're just references to him. There's a few references to the Batman, but pretty much it's her story. And it is a lot of fun. There's lots of good humor in it. The story of how they all come together, it makes sense. It's not like all of a sudden they're they're just girl power. No, they, they all have their own self-interest. Or, you know, their own motivations for being in this situation at the end of the movie. And then they figure, well, our best chance of surviving is if we all just help each other for now. And then that's what they do. So, and it, but it's a lot of fun. 
Any Rosie Perez scene? is good in it. Uh, what? Any after credit scene? I don't know. I had to pee like... really bad, so I got up and went to the bathroom. <laughs> so I don't know if there was an after credit scene or not. There might have been, and I missed it. You had a bit of a parasite, and that parasite's yeah. name was Diet Cola. It was yes, it was Diet Diet Coke. But I had a lot of fun watching it, so I would recommend it to people. I don't honestly even know what critics are saying about. It. I just know yeah, it I didn't kinda, make a ton of money. I kind of want to make a run at it. I I thought it was fun. I really made it a point since it was available. I really wanted to. I I've had people recommending Parasite for a while now, and mm-hmm. I I, w- I kind of wish I'd gotten to it sooner because. Like I said, one of the main components of that movie was me going into it not knowing a ton about it. So if I had, right, you know, a month or two ago not known much about it, made a run out, it might have even been better. One of the fun things with Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey is whenever somebody is trying to kill her, a little graphic will come up of like who they are, uh, what their grievance is, oh, okay. <laughs> and things like that. Funny enough, The Irishman kind of had that. Oh, really? The Irishman that is basically. Funny. Basically, any any ancillary kind of mob character that you mm-hmm. run into, generally it'll have like a freeze frame and it will tell you like their name and then it will tell you how they ended up dying. Mm. Like, you know, 15 bolts of the head, this, this or that or whatever about them. So as far as the characters go, it's got, you know, of course, Harley Quinn. Rosie Perez plays a cop. I don't know if it's a cop from the Batman. I assume it is. Is she playing super cop? I can't remember the cop's name, to be honest with you, but... It was it was Rosie Perez, and she was great. And is she Jackie Chan, Super Cop? No, oddly enough, that would have been pretty cool. Is she Super Fuzz? Jack A. Chan, Super Cop. Jack can we say, can we get that one? Ooh. Jack A. Chan. Two two seven. There's my. Yeah. There's my uh, you ever hear people doing that like like one one second impression? That's my one second Jack A. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. And it's got the Huntress, and it gives her backstory very quickly, and it pretty much tells you where she are or who she is. She kind of seems, she's very socially awkward, like almost perhaps a little autistic. I don't know. Okay. But it, it was an interesting twist on the character because they're all telling her. Oh, oh, Rosie you. Perez was Renee Montoya, which yeah, I, there you go. I feel like is a name that I've heard through kind of watching DC animated stuff. Okay. The birds, of, the birds of prey keep telling Huntress how, oh, you're so cool, but she's like, a dork basically like she doesn't know how to act around people and then black canary she was great in it too winstead yeah she was she was really good and then uh, black canary was great too journey smollett and the the girl that played cassandra kane she could have been anywhere between 8 and 13 i'm not sure she's a very young orphan cassandra kane and uh the whole movie kind of revolves around her to be honest with you all of the characters coming together are all revolved around her. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to give away why, but it's a lot of fun. I it, go see it. If you, if you've been debating whether to see it, I give you my recommendation. It's a good movie week. It's funny. Is I laughed anything, a lot. Uh, is there anything seem to be coming up? Uh, I don't know. I mean, March, I can look real quick. Uh, March is usually a pretty decent month for movies. I don't know why it matters to me. Like I'm mostly just catching up on stuff. I told I'm you, always catching up on stuff. I told you Gabe and I watched uh, original taking of Pelham one, two, three. And how'd you like that? I love that movie. Well, I mean, that wasn't the first time I saw it. I just, who is in that? Is that a, uh, who's in that one? Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw. All right. Um, Walter Matthau. 
I'm going to look it up real quick because it's a lot of uh, top news. Aladdin sequel in the works. Why? I don't know. Are yeah. they going to do Prince yeah, of Thieves? Indeed. All right. Coming soon. Do you want coming soon? Sure. Go for it. Uh, we've got Sonic the Hedgehog coming out this weekend. Oh, no. Oh, no. Fantasy Island. Uh, Downhill. Is that the one you were talking about with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell? Be. It looks like them in the picture. Um, Enter the Fat Dragon. That looks no like thanks. it's from uh, another country. Emma. We needed another Emma. The Call of the Wild. Hey, Buck. Oh, no, no thanks. Come on, Buck. No thanks, Buck. Ooh, a movie I saw a trailer for today, Brahms, The Boy 2. It's about a, it's about a doll, an evil doll. What? Some kid finds an evil doll in the forest, and it becomes his best friend. And it's trying to kill. Didn't, the, didn't Child's Play come out last year? Basically, that's what it is. I think Child's Play is actually based on these real stories. The Impractical Jokers movie. <laughs> woof, dude. Uh, people love the Impractical Jokers. Yeah, I know, but woof. There's a uh, there's a Pokemon movie coming out, and uh, the Jesus Rolls, the Big Lebowski sequel, kind of. Oh, that isn't that a TV show? No. It's coming soon. Well. As well as The Invisible Man. No thanks. Guns Akimbo? With Harry Potter in it? I don't it's know. It's a funny I name for... That is. I love Arms Akimbo. I always thought that would be good for a... So, an interesting character. thing about... Oh, no. That's not the... So That's just February, folks. Like I said, Pelham... Pelham 123, Walter Matthau, and Robert Shaw are like the... Walter Matthau's in it? Yeah. Wow, he's great, and so it's like a thriller. In that in that seventies window, uh, Walter Matthau had two great movies that aren't aren't really comedies, which is Taking a Pelham One Two Three. My and, name is Walter Matthau. That and, didn't sound uh, like him at all. You need it needs to sound more jolly, more jolly, like Walter Matthau. Get out of my backyard, you jackass! No, that's that's terrible. But dinner's the menace. Oh, he's good in that. Yeah, yeah. I like, I, I don't know. I shouldn't say I like a movie. Christopher that I Lloyd seen. was in and that too. Yeah, he's very nice and menacing. <laughs> so Walter Matthau, he's in that, and he's in a movie called Charlie Varick that are both really, hmm. really good, like kind of seventies, hot, dirty movies. Mm-hmm. So Robert Shaw, of course, you know, it's Quint. Uh, you have this murders row of uh, character actors that even these guys I don't necessarily know them by name but by face like half of them like uh, Martin Martin Balsam Hector Elizondo Earl Hinman James Broderick Dick O'Neill Lee Wallace Tom Petty Hector Elizondo he still acts now yeah he's in a lot of stuff actually the funny thing is is he looks Hector Elizondo 1974 looks a lot like Joe Pantoliano. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to the point that I kept looking, like, is that Joe, Joe Pantoliano? Like, Joe Pantoliano's not that old, is he? <laughs> huh. Yeah. Like, dude, Jerry Stiller is in it. Wow. Jerry. Does he look like Jerry Stiller? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't, you don't miss Jerry Stiller. That's funny. Jerry, Jerry Stiller. And he was being serious in it? I mean, I, that's what I'm saying is, like, so here's the thing that's really great about ta- the the great thing about 1974 taking of Pelham one two three is everyone who's on screen is a character. Like you think about think about Birds of Prey and think about how how many people like they talk to a waitress and that that waitress is there to deliver lines mm-hmm. like to say like I got your check for you right everybody We're out of pie just about every single person who's in 1974 taking of Pelham one two three. 
is a character. They're two guys that drive the money through the city. That they're not unlike the two stormtroopers goofing around, the two scout troopers goofing around in Mandalorian. <laughs> of just like, I don't know. It's just it's a really cool thing of and it it really has this sort of atmosphere of that era of New York of like hmm. and seeing this transit authority, this tiny ramshackle transit authority, and like all these people working these tiny tiny cubicles, and all of them giving each other the business and wearing shitty suits and things like that and yelling at each other for getting their way and talking about how they're gonna have somebody's balls for this and things like that and it you know it's it's uh, gonna have somebody's balls for this not necessarily always the most forward-thinking movie there's a few there's a few things said in that movie it's like ooh, ooh, 74 ooh. you know but you just gotta take that in stride because that's the way the world was not as bad as some movies that i've seen but yeah. you know but uh you know and then and then Edit Cinder, Walter Matthau, eminently watchable, and Robert Shaw, eminently menacing. Mm. In this, in a in in a cool setup. I don't know how realistic the idea of like taking a train hostage is, <laughs> but but also having these kind of silly. Okay, if I told they remade you, this, was it yes. Denzel Washington? Denzel Washington. Okay. Denzel Washington in the Walter Matthau. I think in the Walter Matthau role, which. Denzel Washington is a good enough actor that I can see him. Was it also John Travolta? John Travolta in the Robert Shaw role, which okay. is the reason that I just haven't watched that taking. Okay. Oh, one, two, three. All right. Is it, that, is that's the thing is that there are all the, it is, it is kind of a silly movie. It's kind of like old school, like maybe like the original, maybe DNA of Die Hard. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a heist. Um, but like, I don't know how, so let me tell you, if, if a hostage, if, if a band of like four people with guns, um, if a band of four people with guns took a subway train hostage, it's just four people with a demand of a million dollars. What do you think would happen? <laughs> they'd probably give them the million dollars now. Do you think million? That's it. All I right. Think, yeah. I think, I think let everybody go. has like a strict policy of we don't deal with terrorists. Well, so they end up giving them the money. Don't we? I think we do. I, I, I think we do all the time. I don't. Travis. Not I, on the books, you, but I think we Travis, do. Travis, you've got your finger on the pulse of terrorism. <laughs> I, these are things I do not know about. <laughs> but um, um, if, if someone had to. Oh, dear. I'm trying to find Walter Matthau. Trav, you have to. Trav, you can't do it Meow. on your own. You'd have to watch him. <laughs> You have to watch him to get it. It's not easy. I watched him and I, I butchered it badly. But like, if you had to guess, someone who had to earmark a million dollars to give to uh, a hostage situation in New York, who do you think would be the person that would have to okay that? The president, maybe the mayor at the least. It's the mayor. It's the so the mayor is sick in bed, and that's one of those things that's just pure silliness because it's always stuff about like. Look on the bright side. You're saving 18 votes and things like that. And he's just like, I don't want to get out of bed for this. I don't want to go down there. They're going to boo me. And, of course, he goes down there and he is, you know, you don't even see him. You hear the boos before you see him. They were saying boo earns. Boo earns. I was saying boo earns. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, again, like, th- this is, this is like, movie bread, movie garlic bread. It's pure comfort food. It's pure, like, if you put it in front of me, I'm just going to, my eyes are going to eat it up. Right. So love that movie. It, it's a perfect movie for me. Uh, is it streaming anywhere? 
I ended up renting it on Vudu for like ah. five bucks. All right. Okay. So, All right. I finally I saw. Yeah. Don't you? I do say? think. I do think the newer stream, uh, taking of Pelham is streaming. Yeah, I, th- I, I feel like I've seen it. I don't know if I can get through. myself to watch it yet. Now you got to. I can't. I can't imagine that the reasons why I love the original are going to be there in the remake. probably not. The remake feels like it's going to be perfectly generic and forgettable. With yeah. uh, with a performance from Denzel Washington, like, "What's up, Denzel? You're still doing good." <laughs> Denzel's always solid. Yeah. Uh, I finally saw Knives Out. Oh, good. I think good. this has been a great year for ensemble casts. Oh yeah. Again. Actually, I think the star of that movie, you, you might say it's uh, it's James Bond, <laughs> but it, it's the girl, it's the 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 nurse. Give I can't a, even remember what her know, name is. Give me a moment, is, I'll look that up, because she deserves her due. It's a lot of fun. It, every character in there, there's a lot of scenery chewing. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's in the twist, I, I kind of saw it coming, but I kind of didn't want that to happen because once once oh, yeah, you like, kind of got to know the Chris Evans character Daniel Craig has to Daniel Craig has to finish chewing up pieces of scenery to deliver right. lines in that and his accent was so funny was so funny okay I'm giving you the the donut oh the donut oh yeah the donut a donut within a donut that was it's that a donut was, hole with a hole Gabe's in it favorite thing <laughs> in this whole yeah we were laughing a lot during that yeah I mean you got to see freaking James Bond with uh, Captain America. I mean, it, it's fun. It's fun. And you, you got Nash Bridges in there. <laughs> I got Michael Shannon. Oh, yeah. Nash, I forgot. Nash, 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 Don Johnson, secret racist in two things I really liked this year. <laughs> really? Yeah. What else was he a secret racist? He was a racist? secret racist in Watchmen. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was really good in it, though. And Michael Shannon, I mean, he's a great actor. Frankly... Frankly, like, look, he was he was great in it. Yeah. Frankly, the it, it like he just he just did a solid performance. He didn't Michael Shannon out too much. Yeah. So no, it was a fun movie, and it the ensemble cast, man. I think that's where it's at. There should be an Oscar for best ensemble cast. That's what that's what you should have. So you were talking about Anna de Armas. Yeah, she was really good in it. I've never heard or seen her in anything before that I know of. But she was kind of the centerpiece. Like she was put in a, a weight carrying role in that movie, and she did great. Yes, the, the she was the one person in there that you were actually rooting for. Did even you, though, even though you see what causes everything to unfold the rest of the I'm movie, and think, you're still rooting for her. Are you talking about? Are you talking about the twist of finding out who the killer was? Yeah, because yeah, you find that out pretty early on. Yeah, that, the, which I was pretty surprised. The reason for his death, you find out like fifteen <clears throat> minutes into the movie. Yeah. Did that, did or that, do you? I mean, yeah. I mean, he. Well, there was a uh, twist. I mean, for all intent and purpose, the the quote unquote murdered happened exactly how it looked like it happened. It was just that she didn't know she didn't do it. What was Daniel Craig? It was Benoit. Uh, Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. They're gonna make another movie with him. In. Yeah, that's what that's, that's what great. I'm. I'm and uh, I think Adam Driver's gonna be in it. Give me that. From what I heard, give me that. Uh, give me that like Poirot kind of series with. Uh, this I think that's kind of KFC. I think that's the idea of it. Yeah, yeah. sure, great. And why it. not do it? Like he, all about it. Switch from James Bond to doing this kind of like Southern detective. I would love for Dare Moss to come back as like a Watson. I want him to walk into a room kind of like Matlock. There was always like in every episode of Matlock, he'd come in with his seersucker suit, you know, and he'd be like walk in. Somebody be having some fried chicken on the table. He'd be like, 
mind if I if I grab myself a piece of that that I'll chicken say, right I'll there? I'll say. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> He'd always help himself to a little lunch. Still, one of my favorite things out of that movie was just the just the the assertion, "Sweet beans." <laughs> and I know it was in context of he was being there's surprised. A, there's a hole in this donut. Oh, that whole a, donut a, thing is a great. hole within the donut. The a donut hole within a hole with a hole in it. And a, a lot of the sort of threads end up coming together eventually. Yeah, like you know Jamie Lee Curtis finding out at the end. Uh, you find out at the end that that Blanc. He he knew all along, right? There, there's he some was kind of playing with, dumb. He knew he knew all along. He was just I, I don't know. He was just trying to get it to where it unveiled itself. Like and the it, nurse even starts trash talking him, like, "What kind of detective are you?" Yeah. <laughs> but he, I mean, there was also <clears throat> I don't remember if it was exactly last year, but the murder on the Orient Express, and that was a lot of fun. But it wasn't a funny movie. Well, it's, a re- out, it's a remake, so right? Yeah. But this is kind of in the same vein of that, but they made it more fun. Yes. There was, oh, it, there was humor in it. Knives Out is an extremely fun movie. Even just small things like uh, she sees her footsteps in the mud and she walks over them and plays dumb. Like, uh, oh, you don't want me to step there? Oh, okay, I'll come back. So she like stomps over them like two or three like times. Her trying to throw dumb. away the evidence and yeah. the dog keeps bringing Yeah, and the dog, and yeah, just simple things like that. The, like The grandma in general. <laughs> oh, the grandma was great. You, are you back again, you? <laughs> what was his name? Uh, are you talking uh, about Hugh or are you talking about what? The no, his, his middle name that she called him. Uh, it was. Uh, oh, I thought she did call him Hugh. Did she? It's ran- ransom. Ransom. Yeah. Ransom. Are you back again? Yeah. No, he made the help call him Hugh. Was it only the? Yeah. It was the lady who was the help, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it was a lot of fun, and it, there was good humor in it. Did you? How I like that kind of. Did you stuff. catch that that was going to be the conceit, like the the help lady when she was dying? That. No. No, because I, I kind of, I overthought it and I thought, honestly, I thought the old man was still alive <laughs> because there yeah. was things that, that were said by him right before the murder. And I thought, oh, okay, this is all staged and he's I just messing with his family. There was a while where I thought Chris Evans was, I thought it was going to be a Willy Wonka, I thought he was going to Willy Wonka her. I thought that uh, Chris <laughs> yeah. Evans was basically going to be the slug, Slugworth character testing her. And then once she found out, like, oh, she gave back the gobstopper, you get the inheritance. Right. Which, you know, is, is, is in a lot of ways what happened anyway. Because there was things Chris Evans mentioned, was not fake bad. He was right. bad. There was things mentioned about like a prop knife and things like that. And then Jamie Lee Curtis kept talking about, you know, dad's games. Is this another yeah. one of dad's? Yeah. So I was kind of thinking he was still alive. Kind of like a... Uh, do you remember? Did you ever see that movie Private Eyes? We must have talked about it with uh, um, Don Knotts and Tim Conway in it. I don't think I've seen that. No. Where they're trying to solve the murder of of this rich old guy, and then you find out the rich old guy <laughs> wasn't actually dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen a f- I've seen a few like that. But you yeah. should find Private Eyes if you haven't Knives seen out that. Was, it's funny. Knives Out was kind of fun in that. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what was the what was going to be the twist, and in the end, the twist. The twist ended up being different than I yeah. could have figured out yeah. it was going to be. Me too. I wouldn't say it was like the biggest oh twist, but it was <laughs> different than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I I really enjoyed uh, the performances, and it was it was just a lot of fun. Daniel Craig is corny, so and corny weird. is the is the best word to use for that uh, accent. But man, it was funny every time he he talked. It was funny. It was just so over the top. 
Chris was e- so over Chris the Evans, top. Yeah, you hate to love him and you love to hate him. Yeah, man. yeah, for sure. Real nice. Everybody fun. Everybody fun. Yep. Everybody sucked. Everybody sucked in that. Pretty much. Everybody was crappy. Even the even the people that you thought were going to be so sympathetic to her ended up being shitty to her. Pretty much. Like basically turning on her and trying mm-hmm. to, you know, the the one daughter that you thought was going to be your friend and she yeah. even leaned Can, can we give a shout out to Frank Oz? Frank Oz was the guy that read the will. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I, I said really loud, that's Frank Oz, the voice of Yoda in Miss Piggy. <laughs> I think I did that recently <laughs> when I was watching something too. Maybe it, maybe it was nice. I think... Why do we why do we get so excited when we see Frank Oz? I don't know. He can do one voice. It's pretty much. Yeah. I was listening to I was listening to uh, I think Crankcast and they started talking about Frank Oz and they started talking about Yoda and Kermit the Frog and I started thinking and they even said it I was thinking about like that's pretty much the same voice. Well, Kermit the Frog was Jim Henson. Or Frank or Oz was Miss Piggy. Am I thinking of Miss Piggy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of Miss Piggy. Doy. He also did he do did he do Fozzie? Was Frank Oz Fozzie? I, I can't remember. But they were focusing on Miss Miss Piggy and Yoda are the same voice. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Same voice. What? A, but hey, we're gonna get down. To, look, Frank Oz has done more than that. Yeah, he's directed lots of movies. I can't name them right now, but I think Frank Oz did the uh, analyze this, didn't he? Among I others. I don't know. I just think it's. I want to say that, In and Out. Maybe. I see lots of actors. Like, look, man. I mean, I guess it was the same thing when I saw Jerry Stiller. I was like, Jerry Stiller, what's up, man? You were in movies. <laughs> so I guess I can't. Some There are people who stand out. There are people who are in a million movies that I see that I'm just, well, whatever. Hmm. You're in a movie. But then I'll see this one character act, and I'm just like over the moon. Just like I said, like Jerry Stiller of like, wow, you're in a small part. What's up? You're awesome. You look weird. <laughs> you got anything else? I don't remember. Uh, I... I saw a preview for Altered Carbon. Excuse me, hold on. I saw a season uh, two for uh, Altered Carbon and got really excited. Oh, yeah? I haven't seen season one. Is it good? You recommend it? uh, It's really dumb, and I had a blast watching it. I've been looking for something to start. It is... It is trash (laughs) sci-fi. Just just, just chef's kiss, like, trash Uh sci-fi. Um. I don't remember. I kind of want to watch it again because I wasn't really giving it a whole lot of credit when I watched it. Mm. Uh, I remember it's eh, it's explicit. If mm. that bugs you any, no. It has some really cool stuff. The, the Castle thing, Rock is explicit. The thing that stood out to me that I ended up really liking is one of the conceits it has is in the future. Um, in the future, it had like these hotels that are AI run. But the AI that they created became like too needy to have people in them, so they're largely <laughs> empty for the most part. And this main character, because the big conceit of the whole series is that people are basically immortal. There's a little teeny blue disc that you insert into the spine of like a clone that's their personality. And sometimes it's their original body, sometimes it's other bodies. Okay, like that. that's what I was about to ask. Is it always the same? No, because that's the thing is. Look. Um, uh, uh, who's the Falcon? What's that guy's name? Uh, gosh, damn it! I know who you're talking. I about. I had it sitting in my head a minute ago. Uh, he's it's, playing it's right here. He's playing the main character in this this season two. Okay, which you know is not the same guy as season one, which is not even 
the guy that he's originally supposed to be playing. Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Yeah, Thank you so much it. for getting yeah. that. Yeah, Anthony Mackie is going to be playing the, na- the, the main character, which leads me to believe it's not going to be as dumb. But the, the hotel in this one that he ends up going to and staying in, because he, he don't care, Trav. <laughs> he don't care. The hotel that he goes to is run by an AI that's Edgar Allan Poe. Interesting. And that, I really ended up liking that character through the series. He's a really interesting kind of So it's a character player. that already existed in season one? What? Or you have you already seen season two? No, there was just a, a short preview for season okay. two. Did the Edgar Allan Poe character exist in season one? Yes. Okay. So yeah. it is a familiar Oh, yeah, he was character. a big part of season one. Okay. I saw some flashes of him. In the trailer for season two, but I don't know if that means he's actually going to be in it. Oh, because they threw they threw together like it was it was a bunch of quick flash. It showed Anthony Mackie, um, then it showed like a bunch of quick flashes of things from the series, and then showed him. One of my <laughs> one of the things that really wrote me was uh, they end up waking him up, and he's a he's a tough guy. It's supposed to be like oh you know. You, the hibernation sickness or whatever, you need a minute like, oh, he's slapping people around and falling around, butt naked and wet. And he grabs uh, like a tray, mirrored tray, and looks at it. And it's it's this white guy. And in the, his reflection, it's a it's an Asian guy. And he's looking at him and he starts like making a face, like a silent scream. Like, <laughs> and then you see th- the face. I think it's like the face of the Asian guy like starts to fade into the background. And then it's his face screaming at himself. And it's really, really overblown. I'm like, okay, 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 dumb show. You got me. So it's a, it's a, I don't know if I can recommend Altered Carbon, but I'm sure as hell going to be watching But you've had fun two. with it. All right. I've had fun with it in the past. I, well, and again, Anthony Mackie's really good. Right. So maybe it's going to be good this season. Maybe. I've been having fun with Castle Rock. I finished That's season the one. King one, right? Yeah, yeah. You told you were telling me about that. I last finished week. season one. I'm not entirely sure. Like, the ending was kind of like because eh, you think it's going one way and then it doesn't, and you're like, ah, that was kind of. I wanted more than that. Does it seem to end on a cliffhanger? Or? <sighs> kind of, but season two is a completely different cast. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe they'll go back to the original cast at some point, but season two is about. Um, and is Ann Wilkes, Annie Wilkes from Misery? I was wondering right? if that's what you said. Yeah, Misery. And it's uh, like it's Lizzie Kaplan, kind of. Yeah, Lizzie mm-hmm. Kaplan is playing her. It's it's she's younger, and she has a daughter, and they're kind of on the run. Hmm. And they end up in Castle Rock, and it's this it's kind of her story, and then there's something going on where people that die are coming back to life, and then they're going and killing people. So they're kind of creating like this zombies. They're not. They're not like. They're. It's more like body snatchers. Like they're a little bit slightly different personality. Oh, okay. And they're kind of obviously they have like a, a hive mind type of thing. Like a Stranger Things season three. <laughs> Maybe a little, a little bit like that kind of. But I mean, I'm I'm into. I think I've watched one through four of season two. And so far, it's fun. There, I don't want to give away too much, but there is a death that uh, uh, Lizzie Kaplan, <laughs> you know, misery does on this guy. You can just say Kathy Bates. Kath- <laughs> little Kathy Bates. She does on this guy where it involves her killing him with an ice cream scooper. <laughs> Have you ever read Misery? No. You know, 
so do you know the whole thing about like the thing where she hobbles him mm-hmm. is like so much more brutal in the book? Oh, really? Like, she, I think more she, brutal than what was seen because that was pretty. Oh, brutal. I think it was in the <clears throat> book. She cuts off one of his feet and like solders it, or like, solders it, but like cauterizes it Cauter- with like oh, a acetylene wow. torch or something like that. <laughs> and then I remember one of the things from the book is. Because he's there for a long time. Like, for his birthday, she serves him a cake, and, like, one of his toes is the candle or something like that. <laughs> I haven't read Misery since I was a teenager. But oh, like, wow. Yeah, I do remember the the thing where she works his feet over is much more rough in the book. Can I spoil this for you? Sure. I'll, I'll try and describe I don't know it. if I'm going to end up watching that. So, so he, he comes to threaten her and her daughter because her daughter saw him about to commit a crime. <clears throat> that he went through with. So there's evidence basically. So he's threatening them. And she was in the middle of scooping herself some she, ice cream. <laughs> she caught him like copying a floppy. She, <clears throat> she caught him like uh, copying an MP3 and she was like on the dial for Lars yeah, Ulrich. Yeah, exactly. Metallica. No. So she very quickly shoves the ice cream scooper into his mouth which goes into his throat, and then she starts hitting it with the heel of her hand repeatedly until he finally falls on the ground, and you can see the thing kind of going in and out like, and it ends up killing him. And then she's when she's cleaning up the mess to get the ice cream scooper out, she can't pull it out because of the suction. Aww. So she jumps and her knees hit his no. chest and it pops it up enough that she can pull it out. It's so amazing. Is it, is it supposed to be hilarious? I hope so because I was laughing so oh. like I was cry laughing. I was it was so funny for me. I think it was supposed to be funny. Did Kathy Bates win an Oscar for misery? It kind of seems like she did. I think she might have. But That's like Lizzie Kaplan does a good job with it. Tim, uh, Tim, Tim uh, not Tim Meadows. Tim, uh, Tim Robbins is also okay. in this. Tim Robbins has Stephen King. He's playing lineage. a guy named Pop, Pop something. I don't know. He's like a crime, a local crime boss type. How's Tim Robbins looking these days? You know what? He looks the same except his hair is white. Huh. He doesn't look that different. Except okay. is, he, is he pulling a dancing? Yeah, I'm, his hair is kind of, it's the same style. It's kind of long and swoopy, kind of like it was in swoopy. the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. But he, and he's kind of, I think he's same, got, I think he's got a bit of a beard. Like the, the haircut <clears throat> of one Ted Danson. No, Ted Danson slicks it back. This Probably. is, this is Tim Robbins just kind of let, letting it hang down a little. He's got a white beard, but he looks pretty much the same, except his, his hair is white. The Robbins Bobbins? Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of still got a baby face, is the weird thing. Huh. Like he looks a little more grizzled, but he's still got a little bit of the baby face. I'm trying to think of the last time I saw Tim Robbins and something. But he's doing a good job in it. There's, uh, there's kind of a backstory to him to where he was in Somalia, and I think he did he did something bad and felt bad about it and ended up adopting these two Somali kids. And uh, there's a bunch of Somalians that <clears throat> refugees that have moved there, and there he he gave them like space to set up businesses. So they have like a little mall inside an old factory where they're selling all their stuff to each other and i don't know it's interesting i mean my, i'm enjoying it my, i'm interested um, to see where it goes my interest level if you were to tell me that they were pulling in some like dark tower stuff i'd be like huh i mean they but, might but they're doing a dark tower series from what i understand presu- so <clears throat> boy that move yeah I, it kind of seems movie. like they're gonna be doing something with the shining though because um well but that's also do what you know I'm saying is- who jane levy is I think I know she's that name. she's a redheaded actress. She's 
I don't know, like late 20s, something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she in season one, she played a character named uh, Jackie Torrance, who was the niece Ooh. of Jack Torrance and kind of oh. told told a story about how, how her, or her uncle went nuts and tried to kill his family well, in that, Colorado. And so, she's going to go to Colorado. The very last scene of season one is her saying, oh, okay. I think I'm going to go west and kind of get back with my roots and because she wants to write a book. She's obsessed with murder and stuff like that. So I think that might be where they're going to go with season three. At least they hinted. Well, but that's what you're saying. It's just that same thing with the Dark Tower. Like it sounds like this <clears> series <throat> is not supposed to touch any of anything canonical. It's like a, it's a. It's almost like a reimagining of yeah. all of it. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like you said like oh you know that they're they're, made, they're already making that Dark Tower series like well I mean you just said that stuff about the. Shining. That's true. They just did Doctor Sleep. Yeah, that's so, true. Oh, I, I would. I'd just like to see him. If I were to watch that, I'd just like to see him go whole hog and pull like, let's let's get the lawnmower man in there. But we're gonna do <laughs> King's version of lawnmower man. Do you, do you know the actual short story? It's really. Dumb. I do know that it's a short story about. Oh, if I remember correctly, <clears throat> um, a guy hires somebody to come mow his lawn, and then he looks out the window and it's like a goat eating the. Yeah, it's like a what do you call eating it? the lawn, and then he a comes in and murders or him or something like that, yeah, right? Pretty much. But in the movie, it's a guy who I don't know if he's. Oh yeah, he's got mentally challenged or oh, something. Yeah. He's stuck in the internet or something. Oh like man, that. the lawnmower man is bad. <clears throat> okay, completely different. Check that out if you want to see how badly we got VR. <laughs> I'm still I'm still kind of a baby as far as. Uh, Stephen King stuff goes. I know a little bit here and there, but I'm still kind of learning it. So hmm. I'm a, I'm a maybe first grader. <laughs> Are you looking to spread your legs on these? Yeah, I think so because Are I, you looking to spread more like book wise mm-hmm. or movie wise. Honestly, I don't read enough to say I'm gonna do. It's probably gonna be movies first and then maybe books. I'm trying to think of what the, <coughs> you but have, I, you have or haven't seen The Shining. I've seen The Shining. I saw it this year for mm-hmm. the first time. It's a good movie. I saw the new Pet Cemetery. I've seen it. I've kind of <clears throat> probably consumed more Stephen King this year. The unfortunate than I ever truth have. is there's way more bad Stephen King cinema. Than good. <clears throat> right. Go go watch yourself a Maximum Overdrive. Go watch yourself a Langoliers. See, but there's so much stuff like I never realized that Children of the Cor- Corn was Stephen mm-hmm. King. I just thought it was a horror movie. I didn't realize it was Stephen King. There's a lot. I I I think I I've known that. The Green Mile was Stephen King, but I think I had forgotten, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that the Green Mile was Stephen yeah, it's King." Stephen King, Shawshank, Stephen King. Does the Green Mile take place in Shawshank? No, which is funny because <clears> there <throat> there's a lot of similarities between the two. Okay, it's but I've of, I've never seen kind of, Shawshank it's either. Kind of like like Shawshank and Green Mile is like saying, uh, you know, 1970s a war movie, but this one is a World War One. It's like <laughs> they're kind of the same thing, but this one is a Christ analogy. Ah, John Coffee. Yeah. But they're both I haven't <clears throat> I don't know. Um Green Mile seemed like a really competent movie that was just like I like I think they're doing a good job. I'm just not really feeling this. Can you imagine if somebody got a hold of all of the rights to all the Stephen King stuff and like somebody responsible? <laughs> I I don't I don't know. Cause Stephen King is kinda like like how Marvel is. Where all these other companies have rights to certain characters and stuff like that. So you can only do so much as far as movies go. Like, I don't know if they have like the rights, like kind of like uh, Spider-Man, where 
Well, if they don't make a Spider-Man movie within 10 years, the rights go back to Marvel. I wonder if there's things like that, and that's why you keep seeing pet, a new Pet Cemetery, a new... It's uh, entirely possible. Because they don't want to lose the rights to it, so they've got to do it. On the other side <laughs> of things, Stephen King... Stephen King is not entirely unlike, say, a George Lucas of... He has really good ideas. When you let him loose to write all those good ideas down... You get you get some pretty bad with the good. Yeah, and I think that's fine. That's everybody though. Like something like Misery. Misery is a really cool story. If you read through Misery, there are going to be parts that you get to and go like, like you read something that he wrote. Like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> are we okay? You know, I'm no expert on William Shakespeare, but for all of the things that we look at, like, oh, this is a masterpiece. There's probably 10 to 20 things for each one of those yeah. that were just complete garbage that were just completely forgotten immediately. Just no, like maybe 12 people knew about them. Speaking of the readings, <laughs> just to check in, have you, you hit any Witcher yet? No, I keep meaning to do it. That's all right. I've got to find a place just like, curious. I'm not going to read it on the toilet. That's that's one thing I'm like, this is not my book. I'm gonna. That's normally Trav, where I would read Trav, a book. Trav, just for you. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna Just read your you, book Trav. on the toilet. I'm giving you poo poo privileges. No, no. I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna see, read Travis, it while can I'm. Can you see me? I'm cutting my hand. <laughs> I'm dropping I can't the do blood. It. I can't do it. I respect you too the, much. I I'm dropping you. the blood on this. Uh, you can see this package of Charmin. <laughs> I'm letting it drip on there. The deal is sealed, Travis. You have the poo poo privilege. I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read it while I'm on the exercise bike. That's cool. I think that's my plan. That's cool. So. That'll give me motivation to get on get on the old bike to nowhere. I try. I would say try to keep in mind that um, of the stories in those in those first two books, they're very they're pretty bite size. Hmm. So you can, you know, instead of looking at it as a whole novel, look at it as like there's a forty page novel that I'm going to read here. Oh, that's and, cool. And and then I'll go watch the episode and see what the comparisons <laughs> are. Yeah, I've, the the tricky thing about like uh, film versions of something that's on book form is I don't think anybody's ever going to be happy with it. I kind of like, I like being the person that saw it first and then read it. Like that's how I was with the Harry Potter movies. So when I actually read the Harry Potter books, I I already had it in my head what they looked like. I can get that. I, I like, I like reading them first because it's, it's the double edged sword of in the case of the Witcher, Having read it first, and even more specifically played some of the game, it gave me insight into the characters. Right. No, I get that too. Like you get you get a lot more of who Geralt is, who you know Jaskier, who um, Yen, and now that like I I told you last week that that character Istred just showed up in the books that I'm reading. Now it's a little bit back and it's kind of a little bit back and forth because. Uh, there's a story about Istred and, and Geralt meeting for the first time. And having watched the series, there's a like, oh, oh boy, these two, huh? Ooh. Right. Eskimo brothers. <laughs> but I don't, so far as I know from what I've read, they, they don't really do much by way of Yennefer backstory. So I don't mm. know if that's something that they worked out more for the series, if it's something that maybe the <clears> games <throat> have dealt with. I, I just don't know. Because there's still, the, the, the second book that I'm reading is another collection of stories. And I think there's like maybe four just novels of Witcher. Hmm. I kind of like finding more about the character after I already know them for, from the movie or the TV show too, hmm. because 
for you, you were probably watching it going, well, I wish they'd talk more about this, about that. Yeah, that's the other edge of it is. Right. But for me, I just got kind of the surface of what you can tell visually. And then when I go read it, I'll be like, oh, there's so much more to this person. So it's it's almost like special features to me when I go back and read it. Yeah. It, usually it's more for me that when I, I read it and then I watch it, I wish I had more of a conduit to the showrunners to understand some of the decisions they've made because, the, you know, there, there, there's balances of I'll watch something that I've maybe read before and go like, well, obviously they're not going to be able to do everything. Obviously they're not mm-hmm. going to be able to do this. Okay, like, I mean, the the whole MCU, the 10 years of MCU was them taking stories that were popular in the comics right. and bending them to their will to make them make, you know, they're taking it like in the case of Civil War. They took a huge event that went on for like a year of comics and bent it to their will to make one movie in their basically 10-year-long event. It's like car parts in Cuba. They've got cars. Yes, yes. The parts are going bad, so they're pulling parts out of vacuums and just kind of, let's, exactly. pl- let's put this here and let's see if it works. Oh, but good, it worked. For, for the Marvel stuff, it never really bothered me because I kind of understood, like, Something as huge as an event that you did for a year across, right. like, you know, ten or twenty titles, to make a movie out of that, they they did okay. I think that's kind of at the heart of like, but they also f- could fandom even, hate. They also couldn't even really do the. They couldn't really. They couldn't do the analog event because the Civil War event in the comics was heavily based on a long history of Marvel comics of a long history of relationships that some of the characters didn't even exist in, you know, cause in the MCU, one of the biggest, one of my favorite parts of the civil war event was Tony Stark utterly screwing over Spider-Man mm-hmm. and you know, um, Tony Stark gaining Peter Parker's trust was a big part of the 10 year long MCU event. They just never did the part where Tony right. completely screwed him over. He kind of screwed Captain America instead. Yeah, and, and in a way, yeah, not and, the same way, but a, a way. Yeah, and the differences, the fundamental differences was it was it was ba- in the movie it was based around Bucky in the in the comics it was based around that superhero registration act which was a tiny part of Civil War yeah. but it wasn't really what they were fighting over. Right. But again, that's what I'm saying is those things kind of I kind of compartmentalized <clears throat> them. Whereas I I liked the event and the movie I was just okay with. That wasn't the fault of that they didn't get the event right. That was just, I wasn't really, I wasn't super into just the movie in general. Whereas with Witcher, I look at things that they do that I've read about and I'm like, I would be really interested why you decided to truncate this part of the story. Or I'd be interested to hear where these stories you're doing, I mean, I guess it makes sense in that they want the Yen and and, uh, Geralt romance to be a very big part of the series because that's going to be something that people zero in on. Whereas the stories I've read, that thing's more hinted at and is more building, or right. or they you know they don't they don't necessarily talk about the growing relationship. They just talk about them being in a relationship. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, hey, hey. sit on a potsy. Hey, New York Transit Authority. <laughs> I'm only gonna have a somebody's balls for this Witcher show. Pelham one two three got taken again. Oh boy, they Why were so, always mad, one, two, so mad at Pelham one two three. <laughs> they wouldn't answer their radio. They're not moving. Sometimes <sighs> they never do. Backwards. Those they're rebels over there. Everybody knows and that. And then when they find out, that's the thing is, even when they find out, like Walter Matthau is the only person in the New York Transit Authority that seems to want to fix the hostage situation. The rest of them are like, 
you know, Robert Shaw's like, I have, I don't think I can do his British accent. Like, I have these hostages and I'm going to start shooting them if you don't give in to my demands. He did a British accent? I think Robert Shaw just was British. Like Hans Gruber? Oh, I think so too. But uh, have, uh, have you ever seen uh, From Russia with Love? I don't know. He, in that, it's a James Bond movie. He's basically the Russian equivalent to James Bond. So they're matched like perfectly. Oh, okay. He's Wait, so, oh, oh, he's right, so yeah. good in it. He's young. He's blonde. Yeah. He's great in it. It's yeah, such a good movie. Yeah, I do movie. remember that. He's, he's bad. Yeah, Robert Shaw versus Sean Connery. Yeah. So good. Yeah, Robert Shaw was great. Yeah. But yeah, he, he, you know, he's telling them that. And like Walter Matthau was like, well, let me show you what I can do here. And then there, <laughs> there's guys in the background like, you tell them to get that goddamn train running. I need to get the trains running on time. There has to be a Sesame <laughs> Street version of the taking of Pelham 123, right? <laughs> a Sesame Street version. Oh, yeah. You know how they do their own version? <laughs> oh, no, you're dying. Oh, oh, doing that New York voice, it really killed me. This is why I stopped. <laughs> this is why I stopped doing Magic Mike for a while until I can get my throat right. Oh, my God. It kills, right? It hurts. Taking a breath. You're going to be messed <laughs> up for a week. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, they did Game of Thrones ones for Sesame Street. I remember that. There has got to be a, good ones. Just because just it's one, two, three, and it takes place in <sighs> New York. If they didn't. Well, I don't. I don't know. At what point did Sesame Street become a parody machine? I don't know. When I we were kids, were they doing a lot of parodies? Because now no, that's kind of... No, the, not at all. That's the thing they're doing for fun is making a parody. of. I think they started doing it when the Muppets started doing it in the 90s. I mean, uh, I don't know. I'd have to go watch a bunch of old Sesame Street. I haven't watched Sesame Street in... Let's see, my daughter is 17 and a half. So maybe since she was four or five... She was more into Dora than Sesame Street, though, so she wasn't super into that. Hmm. Okay. She was a Dora kid. Whale? I was more into Benny the Bull and Boots the Monkey and all that kind of stuff. Good on you, man. Swiper, no swiping. Gabe was into Voltron. Ah. And he's still into, like, Netflix Voltron. I just, I'm just going to re-bring up Netflix Voltron. Very good. Yeah, I watched a couple episodes and enjoyed it. I just kind of... <clears throat> Faded away from it. Yeah, you, we can't watch them all, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that is. F- I go for insane sure. most nights thinking of like, oh my god, there's all these new things I should watch. Like, right, oh, screw it. I'm gonna watch Walter Matthau. <laughs> Walter Matthau. Sometimes you need some old school plaid shirt, plaid button up shirt, yellow tie, brown jacket. That is 70s New York. <laughs> I was super excited when I saw. I found um, Carl. What's his name? I'm, I'm getting tired. Uh, you know, from Bullet. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You said it and it went out. Yeah, I know. You know, Bullet. You know, you know, guy. Uh, Steve McQueen. Yeah. Steve McQueen. So he <clears throat> was in the original, uh, now I can't remember. It was remade with uh, Renee Zellweger and... Uh, uh, he was in the original Bridget Pierce Jones Brosnan. Diver- Diary? No, no, no. Renee Zellweger. No, sorry. Renee Russo oh. and uh, Pierce Brosnan. What was the... The heist movie that they were in. Uh, Rene Russo. Um, yeah. Is that Thomas Crown Affair? Yes. Okay. So okay. he was in the original Thomas Crown Affair. For some reason, I mixed it up in my yeah, head thing, with, with the Italian job. And I was like, cool. That's streaming on here or on uh, Amazon Prime. So I started watching it. And I was like, oh, this isn't the Italian job. This is the other one. <laughs> I was so disappointed because it was kind of. I'm still going to finish watching it, have but seen, so far it's kind of boring. It does have... Have you seen Original Ocean's Eleven? Or, no, you're uh, talking about Italian. Have I started seen, it. Have you seen Original Italian Job? Original Ocean's Eleven... 
It's kind of boring. boring. Yeah, so it was Thomas Crown Affair. Original Italian job? Pretty good. That's what I wanted to watch, because I've heard it's really good, because the car chase scene... There's a song in it that seems to go on forever. Oh, really? Yeah. The car chase... The car chase feels like a like a Beatles video. <laughs> help! The, like, I need somebody help! Well, it's just the kind of thing of, like, they're doing the whole mini Cooper chase. Right. But there are parts where, like, you know, like a, a, a police car will drive past a corner, and you'll see, like, a mini Cooper, like, peer out from behind the corner kind of things. While, while this... I wish I could... It's it was Herbie the love bug. It's like the... <laughs> The something like, like the we're the anti-depression society kind of kind of song. It's <laughs> and it, it feels like it goes on forever. Yeah, I need to see it because I really like the the more current Italian job, which is probably fifteen years old now. I would I would enjoy hearing your thoughts on it because I've I've watched that original one a couple of times and thought like. I mean, this is this is cool. It's it's a thing of its time and it's charming because it's of its time and and, and Michael Caine. I go through these stages where I want to see old stuff yeah. and then I'm like, nah, I'm done with old stuff for a Might while. Might I recommend the taking of Pelham One Two? <laughs> All right, I'll see if I can find it. All right, we're uh, we're an hour and a half into this. We should probably wrap her up. Okie dokie, artichokey. Well, everybody, if you have thoughts on old movies, if you have if you have a Walter Matthau impression that you can do via text. We would encourage you to send it to later to the tater at gmail.com. I'll, uh, one of us will read it and we'll try and do a Walter Matthau voice. Quality may vary. <laughs> uh, if you have liked this, these really bad Walter Matthau impressions, uh, we would encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Please give us five stars and then just write us a f- short review. It re- gives us visibility on like iTunes or the Apple Podcasts. We would really dig that. If you just can't be bothered, and hey, I understand I don't do reviews for every podcast I listen to, please just tell a friend, say, hey, these two goobers, give them a listen, give them a try. Maybe we can get a review out of that person. We have listeners all over the world. I want to hear from you. We have listeners in Iran (laughs) and China. How far away did they ran? I don't know. So far away. It's the worst. So far away. Uh, We're glad you're listening. I don't know what your situation is, but thanks for listening. Sure. Oh, boy. Big thanks to anybody who listens, I guess. Uh, you got anything coming up, Trav? Uh, the only thing that is ahead of schedule, it, I've got a... Uh, Still Vegas? Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club in Vegas. That's March 10th. Uh, a few days Bar after that. Lucky. Yeah. When I come back, I, I want to say it's March 13th. I'm, uh, I've been hired by the... Uh, Salt Lake City Fire Department to perform at oh. their fireman's ball. Oh, no. <laughs> Travis, you're screwed. <laughs> that should be fun. I got to come up with some fireman jokes. I, You know what, Trav? It's never been a better time to bring back Fireman Bill. Fire Marshal Bill? Fire Marshal Bill, yeah. Big dog, I'm like... Now, maybe we'll do some backdraft material. I don't know. Uh, is there, <laughs> okay. Is there anything that they have not heard in the last 10 minutes of when you do it? Oh, yeah, I probably won't know that much, to be honest with you, because it's like, uh, probably like, I hear the same, I'm doing air quotes, jokes from people when I'm delivering mail. Is that my million dollar check? Yeah. I always say, oh, sorry, I delivered to the wrong house. My I think bad. There's, a, there's a sequel to Backdraft, I think. Maybe you can talk to him about that. A sequel to Backdraft? I think there's a sequel. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's that there's one in in the make. But mm. I feel like there was a second backdraft that only the the one guy came back for the um, what do you call it the Baldwin? Yeah, I think only the Baldwin came mm. back. Maybe 
Don't ask me why this reminded me of this. Nothing surprises me anymore. But I saw something today. I got super excited. Rick Moranis is going to return to acting in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot. That was the unfortunate, like, (laughs) well, that was probably the property that made him the most money. But you know what? If it gets Rick Moranis back (gasps) and doing stuff, then fine. Backdraft 2, 2019, straight to video. Straight to video? Let's see who... Shocker. Let's look at our... Let's get cracking of who is in Backdraft 2. Joe Anderson. Joe Anderson. Joe Anderson? I'm going to see what USA TV show he was known for. I don't see any. He was known for being in The Crazies. It, I was going to say, is it and introducing Joe Anderson? No, he was in Across the Universe, The Crazies, The Ruins, and the, he's a very the heavy actor. The Crazies, The Ruins, and The Gray. I was hoping you were going to say The Room. You ever, see, you ever seen The Gray? No, I, like I never the gray. have. It's a bleak movie, but I like it. I know it just it ends with the part that you want to see. You want to see him fight the wolves, and, a, it, and it comes to a sudden end when he's a, about to fight the wolves. <clears throat> he was in Hannibal. Hannibal? Uh, I, liked, I like The Grey, but it is a very bleak movie. Aren't they just picking people off one at a time? Is that, is that the whole movie? Yeah. Yeah. It, I, like, hey, spoilers for The Grey. It's more about, like, Liam Neeson is totally ready to die, mm. and he's trying to prepare everyone else to be okay that they're going to die. <laughs> Anyway, we're wrapping this up. Sure. I got to pee Check really bad. Check out Backdraft 2. Don't pee during it. So, uh, <laughs> What if that puts theory? out the fire? Blue Wave Theory does our movies. That's what you should do. That's <laughs> pee what on the fire? I had asparagus for dinner last it, night. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, uh, Travis, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Travis Tate Funny on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can just friend me on Facebook with regular old Travis Tate if you'd like that as well. All right, get them. Well, what should it be for this week? I don't know. What, what for you bad about? impressions everywhere. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this has been Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Travis Tate. And better Tate than never.